Hi, my name is Tracy Cook and welcome to the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms, that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, that now support and inspire others to do the same. And today we have an amazing guest, an author, an inspirer, an empowerer of people. Her name is Karen Bromberg in the US. Welcome to Victim to Victory. Thank you, Tracy, and thank you for having me here. I so appreciate it. You are more than welcome. Now, just before we get into your story, Karen, because I know what a powerful presence you have and how passionate you are about what you actually do. And I know that, you know, you help frustrated people get to achieve the goals that they want to achieve because we've all been in that place of frustration. And sometimes we lose our joy. And I know that you're all about joy. And I want people to be able to see the real Karen, Karen's real story, because I've been watching you for a little while on on media. And I think your presence is just so real. And you're so relatable to so many people. And I want to really showcase that uh, today, Karen, because we want to know who is Karen? And where does your story start? It really starts about five years ago. Yeah, about five years ago now. The lowest point, you know, we all have our struggles in life. I mean, that's a given. That's just a given. But it was five years ago, my parents passed a month and three days apart from each other. And that is that was the culmination of several years prior. Um, Hurricane Sandy, if anybody remembers that, was a major storm. My parents at the time were 89 and 90, still living in the home I was raised in, and they were flooded out. And I'm an only child, was an only child, and I had no idea what, what to do, what, where to go, um, how, to tend, how to help them. So after we've settled everything, everything, the dust was settled. Um, and several years after that went by, they passed, like I said, a month and three days apart. And I never knew that level of sadness morning. The hardest thing about it I expected to cry. When you're in mourning, you cry. I never expected to not know what I felt like and not recognize myself. Mm. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to explain, but we all kind of recognize ourselves in a certain way. I kind of call it like a frequency. We have our own frequency, and mine was off, and I just I couldn't figure out who I was. Took me over a year after they passed to finally recognize myself again. And I should also say within that time, the profession that I had been in for 25 years, the universe made it 
go away. It just went away. So I was dealing with the loss of that. So there's a lot of loss and a lot of lack of joy, which is why I now focus so much on joy, especially in the world that we live in now. It is so like a salve to a wound that I think the world just needs now. So you had so many losses. Do you mind me asking, Karen, because especially when we deal with grief, especially our parents, and to depart this world, you know, in such a short time, a month and a day apart. Three days, actually. What's, what's that, sorry? I'm sorry, it was three days. Three days, a month and three days. It's such a short time. So did you feel numb? Did you feel as though you wanted to look for answers? Were you angry? Were you lost? What was the first emotion? You said that you felt numb. What was the first emotion that you actually felt once all of this had happened? Numb for sure, which is why I think that feeling of not knowing, not recognizing myself, I think it was numb for sure. But I mean, I have to understand, I was so busy and in that month, that first month after my father passed, after my mother passed, I'm sorry, she preceded him, after my mother passed, because he was still in the process of leaving. So I was splitting my time between mourning her and tending to him. Mm. Especially as you an know, only child. So I didn't have a sibling to say, you know, could you go see daddy today? So, yeah. And how was your and dad during that time of loss as well? He, ne he never consciously knew. The mm -hmm. doctor wouldn't let me tell him. Mm. Which for me was a blessing. Honestly, it was a blessing because I didn't know how to tell him. Because he was actually pretty ill at that point. So I didn't want to tell him. But the doctor, myself, my husband, we all knew, like, like in our gut, that he knew. Mm. We knew that he knew. And how long were they married for? Okay, uh, I'm terrible in math. So I'm over 50 years wow i'm safely saying over 50 years <laughs> yeah safely yeah definitely I'm safely saying over 50 years and what were some joyous moments that you remember growing up as an only child with your mum and dad what are some joyous moments we were together a lot we went on vacations canada was a big big deal for us i my one of my one of the memories that still touch me so is my father. I was, well, I don't remember, I was 12 years old, maybe. And I'd gotten, and I had gotten a, a two-wheeler like the year before. And because I was a little bit of a nervous child and didn't like taking risks, and I think I might be still the same way now as an adult in certain ways, <laughs> although a little bit more of a risk taker. Um, 
I had my I had you no know, training wheels were put onto my two wheeler until I could get my balance. And then one fine day I decided I'm done. Time to do it without the training wheels. And my father took off the training wheels and I tried to to balance out myself and I clearly couldn't. So my father took me over to the local schoolyard and I still could see him running behind me because I would try to look behind him to make sure that he was there. He was holding the seat, running after me until I could get my balance. My father was not athletic. It was the first time I actually actually saw him running. It's also the last time I actually saw him running too, by the way. Um, there's a sweetness in that memory of my father teaching me how to ride a bike. And when I think about it, it just, what can I say? Warms your heart, definitely. Now, I know that um, that touched you and that changed your life. Did it impact on any relationships that kind of came after that, after the healing, after the grief, you know, had settled? Did it impact any relationships that came after that? I'm trying to think. That's a really good question. Because I'm an only child, I think. Uh, people with, with siblings might disagree. But I think because I'm an only child, and because I went through that period of time, I wasn't alone. But unless these are your parents, you can't quite understand. So in essence, I was alone with people supporting me. There are just certain things after that I just won't accept. Because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make this so it sounds so so it makes sense for people who are listening. Yeah, I'm I'm having difficulty finding my words. That's okay, because I think that sometimes when you've got a loss and such a impactful loss and such a big loss, both your parents as a only child. I think sometimes, and I like the way you said you don't accept certain things anymore, because when we move on, we just reevaluate everything, what's important and what's not. And we kind of cut to the chase a little bit more with, some, with most people. And do you think in a way, Karen, that um, it changed the way you approach people or what you talk about with people now, does it have more substance? Does it, you know, have to meet more of your core values and your beliefs? Did it change anything like that for you? My conversations are deeper. I've let certain people go in my life that I accepted certain behaviours from. I was like, no, no. You know, now that mommy and daddy, this is what I was trying to say and couldn't find my words. Now that mommy and daddy are gone, I'm the adult, even though I've been an adult for many decades, I am now the adult. And there are just certain behaviors that I would accept as my child self with mommy and daddy still around that the adult me just won't. 
I love that. I love that. There's such strength um, in there's such strength in going through something as traumatic because it is traumatic as that and the lessons that we learn and bloom from there with them as well to take us into the next level of our relationships as well. And like you said, now you're the adult. You've always been the adult, but now you are the adult. I love that, Karen. I love that. Now you're doing some amazing things, I believe, as well with a uh, a, a co uh, a collaborative um, book series, The Power of Yes, with Stacey Hall as the uh, producer. Uh, this is book number two in the series, and you're a collaborative author. And tell us a little bit about your chapter because this is amazing because you've gone through this trauma, you've gone through this deep grief, and you're not willing to accept just the status quo anymore. You're wanting to impact people and communities and really touch people and bring joy to their life and, and really help them strive and thrive. So tell us a little bit about your your author in the um, Power of Yes book. Yeah, what a gift that was. And and even, even as I was writing my chapter, difficult though it was, because um, even though I write, that's one of the things I do do, um, writing, writing is challenging. I'll, I'll use that. Writing can be challenging. So I even, even when I was writing my chapter, and having those challenges, I'm like, wow, this is, things are just becoming clearer and clearer in my mind. So it was a lovely way for me to kind of go back several decades and into that mindset. What, why, why did I make the choices in my life that I made? Mm-hmm. What was the reasons? Because sometimes when they don't turn out the way you wanted, 100% the way you wanted, you kind of have regrets. Like, oh, why did I do that? What was I thinking? <laughs> but writing the chapter and putting my myself back into that 20-year-old, 30-year-old, what, what was I thinking? Why did I make those choices? And it started, things started falling into place. The narrative of my life, I mean, I don't want to be dramatic about it, but it kind of felt that way. Things started making sense to me about my life in a way I never would have anticipated. So it was a great gift that Stacy gave me. Oh, that's wonderful. It's almost like a healing almost. And I think there's a neuroscience as well that I've heard about. It's actually putting pen to paper and going from your mind down your arm into the pen. You know, it's a it's it's kind of like a therapy as well. And I, I'm so glad that you've created clarity around your chapter as well. And when did you first realize you wanted to be an author and share your story? Oh. So my writing started, I'll tell you the story. So my writing started, actually, I was either in the eighth or ninth grade. And my English teacher at the time, every time I would turn in a a writing assignment, would wax poetic about my my writing. I mean, I didn't know I had a talent for writing, what, what eighth or ninth grader does. She would always teach us. She was actually an excellent English teacher writing teacher, she would teach us to paint a picture with words. And I could, Mm -hmm. and I apparently did it quite well. 
she loved it. She would tell my mother, she would tell me. And almost kind of unbeknownst to me, the die was cast. I was going to be a writer. Fantastic. So in the, so I, so with that goal in mind, in high school and college, I picked the classes specific for that, for that goal. That's wonderful. So you could see the vision and you were looking for signs from the universe to really step into that. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, what was one of the most surprising things that you learned in writing your chapter? Well, like I said, looking back, I would often think of my, my life in chapters. The 20s, I did this. The 30s, I did this. And add on. And what I actually discovered, as I was saying, is that there's a through line to my narrative. That my life is not these disparate things, but they all combine together to bring me here today. Yeah, and it's amazing. I call them sliding door moments, you know. Those things that you think was kind of a bit of a mess were actually blessings and it's looking for the, for the message in the mess sometimes. And what do you wish the reader of your chapter will take away, Karen? Well, their life is a narrative too and they have choice as to what that narrative could be. And I think that that's really, really important because so often we feel choiceless. Our parents have made our choices for us or we think that, we, that they have, or society has made certain choices. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough that I remember that girls did this and boys did mm-hmm. this. And a girl being a doctor yeah, it was unheard of, wasn't it? It just wasn't. It just would just it, in the in the world that I grew up in. That just wasn't a reality. So, choice. We have choice. Mm, definitely. And do you feel like you need to? Go out of your comfort zone to be successful because in this book, it's all about getting outside your comfort zone and the power of yes with building your network marketing business without leaving your comfort zone. I love what Joe Vitale from The Secret uh, wrote uh, for an endorsement for the book as well from The Secret Um Uh, Joe Vitale. He said, dreams do come true. Get this book at the first step towards expecting miracles. And I just think that is just so powerful. So, um, you know, do you feel like you really need to, you know, go way out of your comfort zone to be successful? No. And When I went, when I tried to go out of my, every time I've tried to go out of my comfort zone, that's when the disempowerment comes. You know, I am so much more empowered when I'm in my comfort zone. Our friend Stacy Hall, if I'm misquoting her, I'm sorry, Stacy. The first time I heard her say this was kind of like a brain boom is that our comfort zone is our power zone. 
Mm. And you know, if I miss, and again, if I'm misquoting her, I, I apologize. But when I heard that, I was like, oh my goodness, that made so much sense to me. Because again, every time I tried to do things out of my comfort zone, I was trying to be somebody, not me. And that never works. Mm. And we can still stretch ourselves a little bit every day, but, you know, going completely out all at once, that isn't sustainable, is it? It's not relatable. We're going to, at the first sign of trouble, go back to where we were. Yeah, exactly. And um, run. Oh, 100%. And what have you got um, coming up in 2022? Ooh, 2022 is going, to be an, it's going to be an amazing year. So I have some things in the works for my audience specifically. My goal is to bring my audience with me as I grow and expand. My word for 2022 is freedom. Mm. So I want, I want my audience to also experience whatever their definition of freedom is. I also, for the last couple of years, I've been writing a play, my first play. And in some time in Q1, we're going to have a public reading of my very first play. I'm very excited. I'm also writing a second play. I'm also looking to expand my yoga offerings online. So there's a bunch of stuff that's going sounds on. I'm so excited. exciting. It sounds I'm so exciting. Oh, you definitely have to keep us all updated on your plays. That sounds absolutely amazing. And uh, I love your power word, freedom, because that can mean so much to so many people. And it can mean, you know, the difference of um, how they're showing up and their mindset as well. So that is such a powerful word, freedom. And um, what kind of message would you like to leave the audience on today, Karen? Take a few minutes. It's a brand new year. Take a few minutes and paint your beautiful future. It could be with words or it could just be the picture you have in your mind and then step into that beautiful future. From Wonderful. There. Paint the picture with your mind. If only we could do that more, especially with a, such a chaotic word world taking a step back, just closing our, our eyes and just painting a picture in our mind. Um, that is great advice, Karen. Um, thank you so much for being brave to share your story. And we'll be sharing where to connect with you. You are very appreciated. And you can find the Victim to Victory podcast series on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and our Facebook group. Head over to Amazon and you can uh, download The Power of Yes presents uh, building your network marketing business without leaving your comfort zone. Make sure that you check out Karen Bromberg's chapter. It is powerful. You're going to want to read more about what she's doing in the world. Please subscribe, share and comment to help be the change that the world needs. And let me leave you with a message of step into your story, figure out who you are and do it on purpose. Thanks, Karen. 